Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode. And today we are concluding the second part of talking about our menstrual cycle and how to optimize things so that we can get better results while working with our menstrual cycle. Last week, we talked about exercise. And so today we're going to be talking about optimizing your nutrition. So if you missed last week's episode, I would highly recommend going back. I did lay a lot of groundwork as far as going over the basics of what the menstrual cycle included in the different phases of the menstrual cycle. So I really recommend going back and listening to that as a base, but I know you're already here and more than likely you're just going to keep listening. So I am going to quickly give you guys a recap of that from last week week and then we're going to move on into how do we optimize our nutrition based on different phases or the two main phases of our menstrual cycle. Um, And so just to refresh your memory a little bit, your menstrual cycle is broken down into two phases, the follicular phase and the luteal phase. Ovulation is the big event that separates the two of those. The follicular phase starts when your period starts and ends when you ovulate. Once you ovulate, you go into the luteal phase, which lasts until your period starts. So one thing I didn't mention in the last episode that I started thinking about because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of jargon probably. And if you're not familiar with your cycle, how can I make you easily remember each cycle and when it starts? So think of follicular phase starts with an F. So think of first, right? This is the first part of your phase. It's when your period starts. Then ovulation happens and you go into the luteal phase. L, right? Little L. You can say that is your late phase or the later phase. So think of follicular first phase and little is the later phase or the last phase, right? So that way you can kind of get in your head, have a picture um, to keep you on track on which is which. If you op- if you want to optimize, let me see, I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> um, now, if you want to optimize your strength, your recovery and performance in your workouts, it's important to understand hormone shifts in each phase and even make some tweaks in your workouts to work with those hormone changes. And that's what we really talked about last week. So if you are somebody, if you didn't catch last week and you're somebody that you notice that your energy is different throughout different times and you can't figure it out. Like maybe one day you go in the gym and you're like, dang, why can't I lift as much as I lifted last week? Like what's the difference? I don't feel sick. I don't know what's going on. Or maybe you're a little bit more tired than you usually are, but you'd never really put two and two together that possibly it could be depending on what stage you are in your menstrual cycle. For example, for me, two weeks before I start my period, 
I do notice a big difference in the gym as far as strength goes and things like that. So that is something I've had learned and I have adapted and I listen to my body. And I talked a little bit about that in the last week's episode as far as how I kind of go about that as well. But today is not about exercise. Today is now looking at the nutritional part because that changes as well throughout your menstrual cycle. We can actually optimize that too. And so the let's kind of going back to talking about each phase. The first phase of your follicular, oh, hold on guys, I'm looking at my wrong notes. Um, so let's start in the follicular phase. The phase that starts when you start your period, right? F for first, right? First phase. Um, and then, um, and this is when hormones are the lowest. Remember we talked about that last episode. When you start your period, um, it's that sh- it's that drop in hormones, that sudden drop in hormones um, that gets your period started. So when you're in the beginning of your period, it's the lowest time of your hormones, right? So they're base leveled. I had explained how this, if you wanted to compare yourself to a man, this is like, this is the best time to hit the gym hard too because your hormone levels are the lowest and you're more like a man in the sense of you don't have these big shifts in your hormones um, that could be affecting your performance. So this is also... Um, so this is when your hormones are lowest, but then as you get close to ovulation, estrogen rises and peaks and drops right before ovulation. So estrogen plays a big key role in this first phase, right, into this follicular phase. So we're going to really talk about how that affects our nutrition and how we can optimize that. And and I really, I think if um, you have never really looked into hormones and how they affect you, you're going to have a lot of aha moments throughout this episode as far as why you're feeling the way that you might be feeling throughout your cycle. And hopefully you can walk away with some tips on how we can optimize that. So this is when estrogen, like I said, it rises So we start at baseline, all your hormones are baseline, and then your estrogen starts to rise and it peaks and then it drops. And that's what initiates ovulation. So estrogen contributes to the following during this time of your cycle. More insulin sensitivity, which means carbs are broken down and used more efficiently. We want to be insulin sensitive. So now is the time to eat higher carbs to fuel harder workouts since your body is able to recover better and use carbs more efficiently, right? So this is, um, so if you're somebody that is like a carb phobic, like you're scared of carbs, like carbs, if you're trying to gain muscle and you're trying to gain strength, you're going to need carbs, Okay, Um, it's going to benefit you in your workout. And now is the time in your cycle that you can use those carbs most efficiently. So leptin, another thing that is um, is happens because of estrogen is leptin production and sensitivity in the brain. So this results in better hunger control. If you're not aware, leptin is a hormone which makes you feel um, which makes you feel satisfied with food. So this is actually that product, product, <laughs> production of leptin 
and your brain is actually very is more sensitive to that production of leptin during this time of your cycle, which means that you're going to have better hunger control. This means that the follicular phase is the best time to start a new diet or get back on track because it's easier to adhere to your dietary changes. So really take advantage of that in this phase. So let's now talk about what all this would look like if we put into action. Okay. Here are some tips to really get the most out of this follicular phase. So if you are tracking macros and you want to optimize your macros for this time of the month, then you could do the following split. You could do 35% protein, 40% carbs, and 25% fat. So if you notice 40% carbs, the carbs are a little bit higher boosted, right? Out of all the macronutrients, keep in mind that you always want to keep protein high. No matter what phase you are, you should at least be getting one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. So if you weigh 130 pounds and you're not looking to lose a lot of weight, then 130 is what you should be at least aiming for. This ratio might actually get you to be eating more protein, and that's okay. In my personal opinion, I've seen better benefits when the protein's a little bit on the higher side. Um, Also, just a key note, whenever we are doing macronutrient ratios, you never want your fats to go below 20% because fats fats are essential for hormone health. And hello, we're talking about hormones, right? We're talking about your menstrual cycle. And as women, hormones are very important to help keep those regulated and working optimally. And so you need to at least be eating 20% of your calories from fat in order to um, keep up hormone health. Next, healthy carbs to take advantage of. These are some of the carbs that you really want to be including into um, your healthy eating lifestyle. Hopefully, you're doing a macro-counting lifestyle. Some good things are sweet potatoes, potatoes, even white potatoes, guys. White potatoes have nutrition too. Uh, Rice, beans, sprouted bread. Also, key note on the rice, um, all kinds of different rice. We're not just talking like brown rice is the only thing you can eat. But you can even include white rice. It's actually white rice is actually easier to digest if you have digestion problems with rice. Um, beans, sprouted breads, homemade type breads like sourdough bread. I had to throw that in there because I'm actually just getting started on my sourdough bread uh, venture. Um, I've always wanted to make homemade sourdough bread and I found um, somebody that gave me a starter to it. And yeah, so I'm excited to start that journey. But those breads, I'd been doing more research. It's a lot easier to break down the bread because basically the sourdough, uh, the bacteria in it, right? Um, it, it breaks down the, glu- uh, the glucose, the, um, oh gosh, I just went blank, the gluten in bread. And so I thought that was really cool. So if you have a problem, if you're gluten sensitive, um, homemade sourdough bread, is supposedly really awesome for that. Carrots, fruit, lentils, and other root vegetables. Those are some, just some of the healthy carbs that you can really take advantage and utilize during um, this time of the month. This is also a good time to start to eat um, higher carbs, like I said. Um, So other things that you can you can add in during this time, right? Let's let's think about pastas, right? I love chickpea pasta personally. Chicken and rice, smoothies packed with fruit, um, stuffed potatoes, homemade pizza, Mexican food. These things, like I said, as long as they fit your macros, right? And I gave you those macro ratios that are kind of pretty optimal for this time. We're going to increase the carbs. Um, of course, um, you know, if you need help with macro counting, you want something that's completely more custom. Um, that's something that I do. 
but these are just some key things to really get you started on the right path. So now that we talked about the follicular phase, right, the first half, now ovulation happens. And this is the event the event that separates the follicular phase and the luteal phase. So when estrogen peaks, right, it peaks right before ovulation. Um, when that happens, um, not only, like I said, the, it, we just talked about some of the good things that estrogen, estrogen can do, like making us more carb sensitive, but it can also make us become more bloated in your body because your body is retaining more sodium due to the higher levels of estrogen. Um, I don't know about you guys. I know when I'm ovulating. I've been tracking my periods for years now. I do natural family planning. I don't do birth control or anything like that. The only thing I talked about last episode is I do get my hormones optim- optimized with bioidentical a hormone replacement therapy. So at this moment in time, I I do get a boost in my testosterone and my boost in my estrogen because my my levels were not optimal for for me. So um, that is something that that helps me. Um, but I still am very in tune with what I'm getting at is my cycle. And I know whenever I'm I'm about to ovulate or I am ovulating because I would get like these little stomach cramps and then I will get really bloated. It's almost like I'm having like a another PMS in a way, but like a light mi- or way mild one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know I'm about to um, ovulate or I am ovulating. I'm about to start my second half of my cycle. Um, and so once estrogen levels fall after ovulation, and now we're going into the literal phase of the, the cycle, which is what I call the later phase, you may start to see increases in appetite and cravings for foods that are high in carbs and sugar. So this is because the fall of estrogen results in decreased dopamine and serotonin levels in the brain. These are those happy, feel-good chemicals, mood boosters, right? And so estrogen will start to rise again in the luteal phase um, with progesterone rising too and then progesterone is the real uh, real hormone that takes over a lot in the luteal phase and you know just like I was saying right now you might have had an aha moment a lot of the times we start to get those cravings and um, and and not only we, and we never crave like the good stuff right like we're always craving like sugar and carbs and then you might have always wondered like why do I get like that especially right before my period for me I can get like an uncontrollable or it's like a void I can't fill with enough food and I get like extreme um, like hunger right before I start my period and it's because of that drop in serotonin levels in the brain, which is that feel good, makes you happy hormone. And guess what? When you eat carbs, that increases serotonin levels. So there's a reason why it's called comfort food. It literally is giving you comfort in brain chemistry. You know, it's increasing your serotonin levels in your brain when you eat those carbs. So your body is actually pretty smart. It just doesn't always feel like it's working for us, but it really is in the grand scheme of things. So little phase. Let's talk about this later phase, right? This is the lovely phase where all the hormones really peak. So progesterone will peak highest and then estrogen will peak with it right below it. But estrogen doesn't peak as high as it did right before your ovulation, but it's still, you get another peak. But but progesterone is the one that really gets the peak in the cycle, in this phase. If the egg is not fertilized, then these hormones will both drop, which will cause a 
this actually is a cause or a start for the PMS. And within about a week after that, your hormones drop. That's when your period starts. So we get a lot more. We got a lot more to talk about during this phase because this phase is where women usually notice negative effects towards their workouts and their nutrition efforts. So let's kind of dive into that. Just for the record, now that we're talking about this phase and a big part of this phase is also PMS, PMS is not fully understood. I kind of looked up things. I try to figure out, okay, what exactly causes PMS? Maybe if I could understand what causes PMS, I could help my PMS. (laughs) Because I I explained to you guys last episode, I get really extreme PMS. And it's not really fully understood from what I have gathered, but it could have something to do with the hormone shifts. Since the little phase is when all the hormones are the highest and then it drops, it's that drop that triggers PMS in a lot of women. And PMS is not always caused by abnormal hormone levels. Um, Most of my hormones have always been Actually, my hormones are not bad. I I do, like I said, I get identical hormone replacement therapy because my testosterone is low. And I just recently started getting estrogen because as you get into your 30s and your mid-30s, which I'm mid-30s, I'm about to be 35. Um, not about to be. I take that back. I still have like six months. <laughs> I'm going to be 35. And so my hormone levels are starting to go down as far as my estrogen. And so I get a little boost in that. But for the most part, I have been dealing with PMS since I have had a period in in extreme PMS at that. And I've had my hormone levels checked and they've always been fine. Everything's been great. And so that only played more into the guilt about like, why do I feel this way? Like, because I don't have an answer. So maybe it's in my head because I have dealt with a lot of mental uh, health issues in the past. And um, what has, from my understanding, they're starting to see that, especially if you have PMDD, which is the extreme form of PMS, that it could be a cause that your your brain just is more sensitive to those shifts in hormones than other women. And it just kind of high, like just, um, you don't have a good, you just don't do well with that shift, right? Your brain is just more sensitive to it. So even though you have normal hormone levels, Um, you could still be having PMS, okay? So you're not alone. You might feel like me, I did back in the day, like why the hell am I like this? And questioned it a lot because nobody could really give me a good answer. Um, That could be the cause. So either way, PMS sucks. Like most women have uh, experienced PMS in some ways. Some of the things that really come up with PMS and during this time in the cycle is food cravings, mood swings, depression, acne, bloating, breast tenderness, lack of motivation, irritability, anxiety, fatigue. And these are just some of the symptoms, guys. Like I looked it up and there's like 150 recorded PMS symptoms. I'm like, oh crap. It's a lot of bullshit to have to deal with every month, right? Like yay us. But ladies, like, we don't want to write this off, though, even though it's it is a lot of bullshit and it's and it can suck. Right. Um, You don't want to write off this time of the month as just, okay, this sucks. and I'm just going to give up completely on my fitness goals because they're going to be ruined because what's going to start happening and maybe what you have have noticed is you'll do you'll do good like the first you know, beginning half of your cycle when everything's easy. And then when you get into that second cycle, you start PMSing and then you're just like, oh, fuck it, right? Like, who cares? I'm just going to give up and I'm just going to start again after my period. And and when you do that, though, it's like you're taking one step 
forward, right? You're making progress in the beginning half of your cycle, then you take one step back and you regress in the second part of your cycle. And that's freaking frustrating because then you just end up in baseline all the time, right? Not making progress. And that can be a recipe for just giving up completely because you're just not seeing it go anywhere. So I don't want that for you. Um, This is something I have worked, had to deal with a lot for myself as well to have to work through because I've been in that spot. And I'll be honest, some months are better than others. And sometimes I really do feel like I just taken a step back and I have to give myself that grace and hope that the next month I can do better. Um, But that's just something that just kind of comes with the territory if you do have these issues. So let's talk about Let's talk about first some of the things that happen because of high progesterone during this time of month, right before your period starts, right? So this is that PMS part, right? We're high progesterone and then they just drop and they tank really quick, like a month, uh, like a week before your period starts and that starts PMS. So let's talk about when this high progesterone peaks right before that drop. Your basal metabolic rate is increased um, from the increase in body temperature. So your temperature rises five to, to or your temperature rises not five percent. Forgot how much your temperature rises, but because your temperature rises due to the increase in the progesterone, your metabolism is increased by five to ten percent, which is pretty cool, right? This translates into about a hundred to two hundred, maybe even three hundred extra calories a month. It really just I the, the I think it a lot of it depends, like. Just think about the bigger a person is, the more calories they burn altogether. So if you're a smaller woman, you're probably maybe burning 100 calories. If you are um, a bigger woman, right, if you're taller and you have more muscle mass, even more fat and all that, then you could be burning up to 200, 300 extra calories due to this increase in your metabolism, uh, which is pretty awesome, but kind of sucks because this is when we get cravings, right? And it's really easy to eat an extra 100, 200, 300 calories um, in a day when you're having food cravings. Um, So that's kind of cool. It kind of counterbalances a little bit. And also during the high progesterone, I mean, yeah, high progesterone, a hormone called at, I'm going to probably screw this up, guys. <laughs> it's called ad- 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 aldosterone. Is blocked from binding to a receptor involved in water retention. So in doing so, water retention is limited. When progesterone decreases in the second half of the little phase, there is a rebound effect, which can cause an increase in water retention and bloating. So that's why you get really bloated and all that wonderful, fun stuff that happens your second second part of your cycle, which can um, look crazy on the scale as well. It's really normal to gain three to five pounds of water weight during this time of the month, and that can counterbalance on the scale, making it look like you gained all this weight, right? When it's water weight, it's going to come off when you st- a couple of days into your period. Um, next, progesterone increases. Uh, your insulin sensitivity is reduced now because your body's not utilizing carbs as well. Glucose, so because of this, blood, blood glucose levels can become less stable. This can result in mood, energy, and hunger. This is like sugar crashes happen more easily during this time because you're not able to utilize and use carbohydrates, carbs, as well as you were in this first part of your cycle. So let's talk about now, what does this look like in action? Like I told you what's going on. How can we make changes during this time to optimize our nutrition? So first off, if you're tracking 
your macros and you want to optimize your macros for this time of the month, then you could do the following split. 35% protein, 35% carbs, 30% fat. So what you have noticed is we had a decrease in 5% carbs and an increase in 5% fats um, than the last um Oh, uh, then last month, right? When I gave you, or not last month, the last phase when I gave you your macronutrients. So it's not a huge, right? It's not a huge change. Protein stays the same. We're just now going to slight, we're just going to slightly eat less carbs now and account for those calories as fats. Okay. Healthy fats. Let's talk about healthy fats because now we're kind of increase them a little bit. Um, the healthy fats include avocado, eggs, olive oil, fish, nuts, nut butters, coconut oil. Even a little dark chocolate, guys, is, is great to add during this time of the month because it has magnesium. Magnesium, it helps with um, it helps with cramps, headaches, things like that. Other things that are high in magnesium are seeds and leafy greens and avocado. Uh, also, during this time, you want to eat foods that are higher in fiber to help with PMS constipation. I know TMI, but because of the increase in progesterone, it actually slows down to the digestion and you tend to easily become constipated this time of the month. So trying to eat foods that are higher in fiber um, is going to be something that's really going to help you with that PMS uh, constipation. To optimize even further, you want you could put your carbs more around your workouts where you would be more insulin sensitive. So when we do exercise, we utilize carbs better. We become more insulin sensitive like we did the first half of the month. So if you really want to optimize things, put those carbs around your workouts. And, and this will be really good too because this is going to help you to utilize those carbs in the most efficient way possible because it is being used in your workout for um, energy and all that. But not, not just that, but like I said, the exercise will help you to break down the carbs better because now you're more uh, sensitive, right, to carbs due to exercise. Uh, also, you wanna continue to keep protein intake high this will actually help with food cravings because protein is very satisfying, guys. It is is probably one of the most satisfying uh, macronutrients, and it actually keeps you feeling fuller longer. And not only that, is during this time because of the higher progesterone. Um, we talked about last month how that can um, increase muscle breakdown. So you're very susceptible in this time of the month, the second part of the month, to muscle breakdown. And so you want to make sure you get in your protein. So that way, those, those uh, workouts that you're doing right is we're optimizing muscle growth and not muscle breakdown. And protein is going to be essential in that. So you want to keep protein intake high for sure. Um, also, this should go without saying, but I see it all the time as a coach, guys. If you are not drinking enough water, <laughs> I hate this. I hate telling people. I hate, I hate that I have to keep talking about this um, because they're like, we all know, oh, yes, I got to drink more water. But are you really doing it? Because the thing is that I see this all the time. Women are like, oh, I have all these cravings and this and that. And I'm like, okay, how much water are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking like two bottles of water a day. <laughs> like, what? how are you alive right now? <laughs> right? Or I'm just drinking like a cup of water a day. So 
Here's the deal. Hunger level, hunger feels the same as thirst. Your body doesn't know the difference. And also your body needs water to function, guys. You're 60 to 70% water, depending on what you look up. Um, and your body needs water for all bodily functions, including fat oxidization, <laughs> burning fat. Like your body needs it for everything. And so it may, sometimes I feel like hopefully I put it in that way that women will be more likely to drink water. But anyways, I'm not your mama. You get the point. Um, basically what you want to do is at least drink half your body weight of ounces of water a day you weigh um, let's do this math easily because I, I'm not the best at math you weigh 100 pounds um, I know you're probably thinking who the hell weighs 100 pounds probably not many <laughs> but just first keeping math simple if you weighed 100 pounds um, then you would try to drink at least 50 ounces of water right um, but ideally, if you are taking supplements and you're working out, which is hint, hint, probably I mean, most of you that are listening to this podcast right now, you need to work up to drinking one gallon a day. I know it sounds crazy, right? But I promise your body will get used to it. Um, the more you drink it, you're like, a lot of times I'll hear, but Jess, I'm not thirsty. How am I going to waterboard myself? And I'm like, yeah, you might feel like that at first, but I promise that thirst will come back. Your body has just become used to the lack of freaking water that you have given it. Um, so trust me on that and try to spread it out throughout the day, ladies. We're not going to like wait till eight o'clock and be like, oh shit, Jess said I need to drink a gallon of water. I've only drank half and I'm going to like chug a lug like the rest of my water and then I'm going to pee all night. <laughs> and that's really not helping much. It's just like protein. You want to sprinkle it out throughout the day, right? We want to, you know, we don't want to just take it all in at one time. All right. I've got an, I'm getting off the water rant. Next is now is the best time to take a diet break if needed. This means returning to maintenance calories to allow your body to reset hormones and help prevent or slow down metabolism metabolism down regulation which happens with calorie restriction. Okay, and when I said reset hormones, I'm not talking about these hormones we're talking about. I'm talking about hormones that affect hunger, like leptin and ghrelin. Leptin, I already explained, is the uh, hormone that tells you when you're full, right? And then ghrelin is a hormone that tells you when you're hungry. Those things become out of whack whenever we go on diets and we're reducing calories. So taking a diet break can help to reduce, to reset those things at baseline. Um, and then also it could help with metabolism. Now I have been, I kind of did a little bit of homework on this part as well. And I, there's two different, there's two different studies that kind of like one says that this helps one said it doesn't. Um, but a lot of, uh, in my personal opinion, my anecdotal opinion, right? So this is not like study. This is just like seeing things. Um, what I have seen that taking a diet break can help. It can help to reset things. It can help you to, um, you know, adhere to a diet better and help your metabolism kind of bounce back a little bit. And so if you have been dieting for a while, this time of the month when your hunger is already up and cravings and all that is the best time to maybe take a one-week diet break and just return back to maintenance. And there has been, I from things that I have read, and I'm going to... Uh, the, the studies I'm talking about, if you want, if you're like a freaking nerd like me and you want to look it up, there's one is called the ice cap trial and then the matador study. And those are the two that 
kind of go back and forth like is it beneficial to have diet breaks on your metabolism is it not um but what has seemed to be helpful though and is seeing this when it comes to women as well and we are more sensitive to dieting we are our hormones will change way quick they change quicker than it does in a man when we start dieting where our bodies are just very sensitive to that decrease in calories so it could be beneficial to take diet breaks routinely and that just looks like taking a week off and going back to maintenance calories right and then once your period starts then you go back to dieting again as far as your calorie ranges you need for weight loss so those are just some things to kind of think about that could be ways you can really optimize and use this efficiently instead of thinking like oh crap it's pms it's my my literal phase i'm i'm just this is gonna suck right these are some things we can do now i want to end on a note of other nutritional things that you could do during this phase that could possibly help you with things like food craving so let's talk a little bit about supplements that could help decrease these sugar cravings or these carb cravings. One that I have found helpful, and it makes sense. I don't know. There are there was some studies um, that show that it is beneficial for weight loss. Um, is 5-HTP. Um, I take this personally because I get extreme mood swings during my PMS and I think it is due to the decrease in the serotonin levels when the progesterone goes up or when estrogen goes down. Um, And so I take it for that. I have noticed it has helped and I think it actually has helped me with my food cravings and this is why I think so. And just guys, keep in mind, like, you know, I'm not a doctor, (laughs) you know, uh, this is not medical advice, but it's just my experience. You take it how you will, but I think it helps with food cravings because 5-HTP is a, a precursor to increasing serotonin levels in the brain. So, um, because your food cravings can be due during the time of the month, right, to a decrease in serotonin levels, it makes sense that if 5-HTP increases serotonin levels, right, then I wouldn't need to go be reaching and grabbing a bunch of carby things to increase my serotonin levels and I have these food cravings. It's already taken care of by the 5-HTP, right? So that is um, something I would suggest looking into. Another one is L-glutamine. So I like try to do a little research. I couldn't really find any studies or anything that backed this up, but there is a lot of anecdotal proof that it, you know, that this can actually help with uh, with food. I mean, with food cravings and sugar cravings. And L-glutamine is it's just an amino acid. Remember. Um, Protein, if you, if you just like, you know, uh, macros are on one, protein is broken down, is made up of amino acids. Uh, the BCAs, um, whey protein, you look at the back of the thing, it's going to tell you the profile, the breakdown of all the amino acids that are in there. Um, so L-glutamine is something you would see on there. It's actually just an amino acid. And amino acids are really good at helping to repair and build muscle. And protein, uh, amino acid is a building block, right, of, of protein. And protein, like I talked about, is very satisfying, very keeps you feeling full longer. So that is why people think, okay, a glutamine might actually help with that. Actually, also, a glutamine has been shown to help repair, like, your gut lining and help 
with stomach issues. So I don't know if that has something to do with it because uh, your brain, your stomach is considered your second brain. So it makes sense if that is optimized and, and functioning correctly, it could help to um, make other things, you know, function correctly. And then uh, if anything, right, because I said it's anecdotal, there's no uh, studies that show it help with food cravings. It's going to help you with muscle building, right? It's going to just help give you a, an extra a boost uh, in your um, protein synthesis and that muscle repairing phase. So it's not going to hurt you to take L-glutamine. I take it personally. Um, next is B vitamins. So B vitamins, that's something I do. These are things that I take, by the way. <laughs> so this is also why I decided to throw these in there because I have my own experience with it. So B vitamins um, are really good at increasing energy production, but they also help you to metabolize carbs. So B vitamins might be something really great to add in. Some of us can be low in B vitamins. Um, and so that could be something to think about taking. Another supplement I took for a little while, but I stopped taking it because I wasn't sure if it was um, going to like negatively infect or counter infect my uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is PMS supplements. So these are just natural supplements and herbs that are herbs, herbs <laughs> that help with PMS. One that I recommend is the Flow Gummies. Um, they taste good. <laughs> and I think they did help me a little bit with PMS when I did take them. Um, so that might be something to look into as PMS supplements. But bottom line, guys, you got to be the own your own advocate for your own health. And you got to you gotta do the research and try things out. And think of this as like an experiment. I think of things like that all the time as I'm always experimenting my, on myself to see how I can optimize things and make things better. Um, last also on the supplements is I wanted to share some things that I found um, just to recap some of the some of the things that I use to help me with these episodes on optimizing menstrual cycle is In the Flow by, and these are books, In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti and then Roar by uh, Tracy Sims. Um, and then another one, I love this book. This is where I got the macro ratios is um, The Women's Volume by, ooh, man, what is his name? Lyle McDonald. I love that book. <laughs> it's And he spent years, this guy spent years creating this book, and it's all about optimizing for women, for, for um, you know, transforming your body, and your, it includes all kinds of, like, breakdown on everything, and I love that book. Um, so I did get some resources from that. And some things online, but those are the big ones. And what I'm going to share with you right now, the reason I was bringing that up, is this comes from that book, Roar. And um, she says how to, this is helpful for combating fatigue, which can occur during PMS, right? So if you're noticing like your workouts are starting to suck and you're getting really tired, this can help um, to can help that is taking five to seven grams of BCAAs as your pre-workout like taking that before you work out it says the um she said the amino acids cross the blood brain barrier and decrease the estrogen progesterone effects on the central nervous system fatigue so i thought that was kind of interesting that's something to play around with i personally i do stuff like that um i might during this time of the month i even take more electrolytes during this time of the month because i feel like it helps me um with that too with my energy levels another thing she said if you're looking to peak during pms 
ounce, you can take 250 milligrams of magnesium, 35 um, mg's uh, mag- um, milligrams of zinc, 80 milligrams of baby aspirin, and one uh, one grade of amigo am- amigos. <laughs> Amigos, I'm still on like, uh, I'm still on vacation mode from last week. Omega threes, flaxseed, which is flaxseed and fish oil, each night for seven days before your period starts. So, um, uh, sh- the lady that writes the book, Roar, she does help with a lot with um, female ap- athletes and how to optimize things. And so, those are some of her recommendations, which I thought was interesting. I'm a big fan. Uh, just on a last note, of taking magnesium in general because most of us are deficient in magnesium, and it our body uses magnesium for, for like 200, 300 different processes in our body. Um, so, and then also magnesium can be very helpful for anxiety and depression, and so mood, you know, mood things. And if you're somebody that experienced PMS, you probably experience at that time of the month. Um, so that's definitely something I would um, add into the supplements to take if you wanted to look at optimizing. So yeah, that's all of it. I think that was a mouthful. I think I think I said uh, plenty. Um, and I hope that you guys had some big aha moments and some takeaways and that you can start optimizing and feeling better about this time of the month so that way it's not where oh crap here it is again here's here's my pms here's my period i'm just gonna like have to everything's just gonna be put on hold or i'm gonna take a step back again i don't want that for you anymore hopefully this can help to encourage and empower you to work with your menstrual cycle so that you can start seeing better results but that is all that i have for now guys like i always say go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are and i will see you in the next episode bye for now Hey, wait, before you go, I have something awesome that I wanted to share with you. I just put together a Macro County mini course. And so if you are a mom who's ready to kickstart your Macro County lifestyle, but you're confused on where to start, then I made this just for you. I'm going to show you how to do your own custom macros using the same approach I use my clients, plus step-by-step videos on how to track your food using MyFitnessPal, how to accurately measure out your food, how to track alcohol, how to make fun foods like eating out or eating cookies with your kids, work with your macros. And it also includes an introduction to my macros for mom method, which is a laid by laid back step by step approach to macro counting that takes out all the overwhelm. And it shows you how to make macro counting fit into your mom life. All of this plus an amazing bonus, which is access to 30 plus of my own personal macro friendly dinner recipes that are all in my fitness pal database. So what it does, this does is actually makes it really easy to keep a food diary and it also gets you to stop cooking yourself separate dinners and to start seeing results while eating with your family. All of this greatness for just a one-time payment of $47. And you can get all the details at www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash kickstart. The link is also in the show notes. I'm really excited to offer this to you guys. So here's to helping you kickstart your macro counting lifestyle in a way that works with your mom life and not another restrictive diet that you have to work your mom life around.